Hello, and welcome back to Get to Know a World of Warships Clan, a short podcast with Bogsy and Sinpax. I'm here, of course, with the leader of TNG and my co-host, Sinpax. How's it going, Bogsy? It's going very well. I'm excited for Clan Wars to start back up. Yep. Uh, the uh, post came out today, something we were waiting on, um, was the map list, and uh, that allows us to start doing some planning and drawing up strategies. The this season's maps, we've got some old favorites, uh, Land of Fire, North, Tears of the Desert, uh, Warrior's Path, which is the name of the season's Warrior's Path, Crash Zone Alpha, which is a relatively recent map, um, is in the mix, as well as two uh, relatively new maps, Northern Waters and Haven. And, well, that's the, probably not the biggest change with this clan battle season. Uh, you now have the option, in addition to, or in an alternative to a battleship, you may bring a, an aircraft carrier and that's going to change things up a lot it is and i am personally very excited to see how this meta shapes up whether we find out halfway through that uh cvs maybe were a red herring and that it ends up being better to just continue to bring a battleship i i really have no idea how it's going to go do you have any prediction um i think that the uh, vision issue will lead CVs to be required because if you don't bring a CV then you're going to be dependent on destroyer spotting. Destroyer spotting when there are CVs around is pretty difficult. Now I could be wrong about all that and actually I'm really glad we've got our guests here because towards the end of the program we're going to pick his brain because he probably knows better than either of us. Um, so why don't you introduce him? That's right. We're uh, we're very excited to have our first uh, clan from another region, from another server. Today we are joined by Pete from Smile. Peter, why don't you say hi? Yes. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Thank you all for inviting us. It would be, I think, quite pleasure to spend uh, time with you. Well, we're very excited to have you. Thank you. And um, congratulations, because as I understand it, you guys are the global Clan Wars champions. Is that correct? Yeah, for the last season, it is correct. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Congratulations. That's quite the feat. Uh, this was my first season. This last season was my first of like competitive uh, Clan Wars, and I know how difficult it is to... Uh, to reach that height. So again, very well done. And I do have some questions specifically about um, about exactly how it is you get that much effort from your players about how your leadership actually gets people to commit that amount of time. Can you speak a little bit for me uh, about what it's required to get that many people to continue to play at that level? Well, I would say that it depends upon, like, the number of players. You do not need, like, kind of 30, 20 people. You actually, for the successful clan battle season, you need, like, 10 to 13 people, even though, like, 7 to 10 would be enough. It's just a matter of how would you form your team, how would you motivate them to, like, you know, perform on this level, because the clan battles take, like, not just a few days, like COTS do. So you need to... Like, I don't know, support this level of motivation and involvement from these players. So it's basically like the heaviest question here is how well you will manage your team. Basically, how would you distribute the roles upon the players? How would you support their motivation? So I would say that this is like the key, the key elements of this, like, I don't know if I can call it success. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I mean, you guys. So if you're if you've got a, a crew of of you know that many people, have you got have you had these folks since the beginning? Uh, how did you get started with this clan? Well, let's say that Smile is one of the oldest CIS region clans. We like uh, we started to form our crew like from the I think from the closed beta test, and when the game went to open, we just kind of start to invite new players we try to find uh, the best you know well if you aim to be the best on some server you need to have like the best players so it kind of uh, i don't know it's like two three years maybe uh, since the beginning of smile team and the funniest part is is that we have like seven players like almost 10 players that are playing since those times like they're really old players like I don't know, since the very beginning of this like game was released, we played uh, with a single team. Well, eventually we changed a few people, but let's say the main players are staying from this, like, I don't know, for two, three years, they are playing with the same, uh, with the same players within the same clan. So it, it kind of like this. Sure. And how exactly did you guys come up with uh, with smile? Is it is it something I can't pronounce in another language, or is it is it just hey smile? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hey smile. <laughs> well, I would say that uh, the guy who basically originated this clan and this clan tech is uh, like he's not playing anymore, but he uh, I would say that he was quite like person who have quite good sense of humor and he was always like smiling like every time so i think he just came up with this clan tech like why not sure have a smile right so uh so you said you mentioned there before was a a different leader um how exactly did you get into the clan um when you are accepting new players it sounds like you have an extremely elite group of people who play with you how does one get into your clan exactly well, we have like uh, our Russian measurement of, uh, let's say, skill. It's called Pro Alpha, uh, which is basically represent how well you can extract damage, how well you can uh, like finish up the uh, enemy team, how many frags do you come up uh, within the each battle, within the random battle. And now they spread it, uh, these statistics to the clan battles, so it's became quite easier to, you know, find new players who like kind of playing quite well within this format of clan battles and especially important how they could uh, perform within the tournaments because you know uh, the major aims of our clan is are like uh, clan battles and uh, the tournaments because we are not like kind of like regular clan that only play random we're especially aimed on the tournament and competitive style of gaming it's so, certain, it wait, certainly I, seems like it. Global champs, apparently you guys are competitive. <laughs> you, said yeah. you said something that is new to me. You used the phrase pro-alpha. And yeah. you also said some way of extracting it from clan battles. Yes. Are you saying that you have uh, player statistics from somehow clan from battles. clan battles? How did Correct. you obtain that? Where does that come from? Uh, well, it came from uh, one of the players that was like top five, I think, top ten player on the CIS region. Now he ended up in the development team of, uh, well, basically those who develop in the game. 
Right, and you have access to that data. Sorry, I'm having a sound issue here. Okay, I'm sorry, just a little bit of a sound issue there. Um, uh, can you speak again? Sorry. Sure. So basically, this statistic came up from uh, the player that was originally like uh, just a random player, then he became the competitive player, and now he ended up in the development team of right. those who basically develop the game. But, but so he, yeah, yeah, sure. But that, that data, as far as I know, at least in, uh, is not in the API. There are no player statistics for clan. Like you can, different clans over here. We've got, you know, I've seen tools, spreadsheets. Um, we have our own tools uh, that are unique to our clan that only we have for analyzing players. But they are entirely dependent upon random battle stats, which is the only thing that I really have access to through the API. Is there like a website you go to where you pull these numbers, or where does it come from? Uh, it actually came from the bot for Discord. Uh, well, it uh, firstly, I think it was kind of publishing data from development blog, and now they develop some sort of, uh, let's say, tool for Discord that helps to extract the player statistics. And if from I'm not mistaken, battles. I might be. Yeah, from clan battles. Wow, that's I would not have guessed oh, that. We'll have to follow up on that one because they've uh, <laughs> kind of made it's. I don't see too many new things on that front, and that is totally new to me. But we'll we'll carry on with this. We won't get into the weeds on uh, uh, something that's technical. But I, I I imagine there are quite a few people listening to this podcast whose ears are suddenly uh, perking up at uh, that news because you know you know I I, I we're also trying to build a competitive clan and any kind of thing that will give us an edge in recruitment or t identifying people is is huge and anything what you're describing could you know would be potentially earth-shaking so i appreciate you sharing that and we'll probably have an offline conversation <laughs> about tracking some of that down. <laughs> well um before we get to a commercial break here and then we get into the really nitty-gritty competitive uh uh questions you you said that one of your members sort of either does or did work for essentially for war gaming is that well, he wasn't the member of Smile. He was just kind of top random player on the CIS region. He never been the part of our. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, would you would you say he is responsible for the Smolensk? <laughs> I think that he is not responsible, but you know, this is one of the most toxic ships in the current meta, even though it was nerfed like a couple of patches before, but still, uh, I heard many of like opinions that from, especially from European region that, oh, you know, the Russian ships are supposed to be like, I don't know, imbalanced too overpowered, but trust me, the CAS region is not supporting this. We are kind of can I can speak uh, for my clan. We are hating Smolensk. We never used it in a clan battles. We were like kind of opposing, like on a, on any stage we were not using it. We was like kind of no, we won't, guys. And you should not be kind of. You can I don't know show quite good results without those imbalanced ships. And we either not using the Kremlin, so you know it's kind of. A myth that CIS region are supporting kind of those invention of imbalanced Russian ships, so you know. It sounds to me like you might be suggesting that there is some Russian bias in the development of these ships. You wouldn't be saying that, would you? 
uh, well, we can see, we can look at it from the other side. Let's take the example of Henry. Uh, like, when it was introduced, those like uh, reload booster. Uh, before this moment, nobody was saying like, oh, you know, Henry's uh, imbalanced. But like, you know, when they introduced it, everybody was fine. When they released Kleber, it is imbalanced, like <laughs> up to the degree of Smolensk. But nobody's saying, oh, you know, French beers. Everybody's saying it's kind of Russian beers. But, you know, I wouldn't say that this is quite, let's say, objective view. Because we have like a lot of ships like Conqueror, I don't know, like Borgun that are quite imbalanced and quite, let's say, skilled uh, hands. But everybody is saying, like, oh, you know, Kremlin is imbalanced, Smolensk is imbalanced, but, like, right. you know, we have two ships that are, I completely agree they are imbalanced, but, you know, it does not sound to me like a Russian BS. Because, sure. like, practically every nation has some imbalanced ships. Like, So, you know... But you're absolutely right. And uh, I think anyone who watched the, uh, the COTS tournament will recall that the most commonly uh, banned ships that were picked at the beginning of each match were, if it wasn't the Kleber, it was the Stalingrad and the Moskva. It was, I mean, the, the Kleber had such an effect on the meta that folks banned it specifically just to avoid getting an entire team of Klebers. Yeah. Um, so before we take a break here, I want to ask uh, one real quick question before I throw the competitive talk to Synpax, because as you know, this is Synpax and I am his idiot. Uh, he's going to talk more about the competitive stuff. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I really am curious about what's the difference between the servers? I know that Smile operates um, on the Russian server, the EU server, and I've, I've been told even on the North American server. Can you just real quick speak to the differences in maybe play style, the differences in uh, culture, anything you can give me about the differences between the servers? Well, I would say that the most like common difference is the meta, which is like formed within the clan battles. Well, let, let me just I'll put a finer point on that question. You play what's interesting, you're a Russian clan, you're on CIS, but last clan battle season you played all of your games yeah, sure. in the on the EU server and you've played clan battle games in North America. Bogsy's the polite guy, I'm the jerk. So I'm gonna ask the question in the jerk way. Which which server do you think has the strongest clans? Like which which server uh, are you? Does your win rate suffer the most on? And which server do you club the most on? Hmm. Well, I would put it this way. I would say that the most competitive server server from my perspective is the European one. Uh, well, how can I put it? They have the most like uh, the biggest number of uh, users online, so it's natural to have more competitive clans, more competitive teams. So I would say that they are the most competitive. Well, it actually depends because, you know, every server has like the top few percents of teams that are really competitive and can like, I don't know, get in trouble of your team like from any server. I would say that on uh, North American region, you, uh, from my perspective, there are like three clans that I remember when we visited uh, the NA region. We never played Asia because you know the difference of pink uh, to high. And especially this problem is uh, seen on the NA region because we have like, I don't know, over 150 pink when we play. And this is like, you know, it put you like within the situation when there is like you trying to use something like uh, the reload booster and it take like 
additional one to two seconds that are really sometimes are nasty to play with because mm -hmm. you know you're just missing the chance you're missing the opportunity it can basically cost you a game but still like i would say that all servers are quite competitive and every server has like the most popular the most skilled teams so it like you know really difficult difficult to put some server as a top server but like you know I would say that European server, from my perspective, is the most competitive at this moment. I think. Um, in the last clan battle season, though, which did you notice a distinct style, or can you comment on what you found? Like, you know, maybe uh, North America, they were much more, um, I don't know, aggressive. Maybe on RU, they you found them more passive, or some. Can you give some kind of assessment on the the uh, meta strategy that you encountered? Um, you know, in the past on these different servers that might distinguish them? Sure. Uh, basically, we, like, visited NA, I think, four times. One time, the first time we visited in when we had, like, clan battles on eight level. It was, like, kind of similar to our setup. We we seen, like, 07 and uh, what is currently called, like... Uh, Brony, I think so, the top one team from America. By the what are they today? Battles. It's probably changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I remember uh, at, though, at the point we met them, they were like uh, named Prey, I think so. But they're instantly changing their clan tech, so it's like kind of difficult to... But I would say that uh, CIS meta was always like around the smokes and like two to three ships that are setting up smokes and somebody is just like standing in those smokes and spamming HE. But let's say we are not like uh, supporters of those meta. We never play in like last clan battles. We do doesn't have any ship that was able to set up smokes. And it is quite, let's say, similar to European meta. Uh, well, at the end of the season, we mostly played like against TWA, like Tora, 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 like, you know, those top teams from you. And uh, some of them, I wouldn't mention whom, we were playing like four clubbers, copy-paste from, uh, from NA region, that I am not really a supporter of. But I would say that, um, let me put it this way, EU, like, they are aggressive up to the level as they are supposed to be aggressive. Like, if they will see that the situation on the map allows to, like, you know, stand and just chill and wait for points to tick, they wouldn't be aggressive. So I believe that kind of Russian server would be aggressive. Like, well, it's difficult to say, but top clans would be, would, would be probably standing in smoke up to the last seconds. And then they will, like, rush to the points uh, to get uh, those caps. But NA are quite similar for me to European region. They are playing quite safely. And if they are kind of good, they would be like just chill and wait for Tick to come. But I don't know. The, if I can put it this way, the top teams are quite, let's say, similar in playing style. They wouldn't be rushing without any reason. They would play like safely. They will try to save uh, their ships. They basically will try to play from the mistake of their opponents. And I would say that this is quite similar for every top clan from every server. So if I can say it. So I, before we uh, 
go to break, I do want to ask, you referenced what was to many clans the bane of the last season were, you know, uh, multiple Clobear swarms um, that they run into you know, on any given night. And, uh, you know, you'd see, you know, uh, four Clobears, a Stalingrad on one flank, and then a, like a Shima in Ohio on the other flank. Um, you, you said you have great disdain for this, but what did you use to counter it? And you had to counter it because, hey, number one global, right? Sure. Well, I would say that uh, the multiple Kleber uh, meta is countering by quite easy decision. Well, Klebers are being efficient in two ways. They are just giving you early advantage because they like happen within like one minute and 30 seconds. So they kind of uh, receiving the early game advantage. But the problem with them is that if you have multiple Klebers, you basically should like find some ship that would be uh, like a solo flanker or some sort of because they will be quite efficient in devastating any solo ship. But if they did not receive such an opportunity, they basically starting to lose the health. If you basically have uh, like cruisers within your setup, you can like trade your health and the Kleber cannot. So up to the moment, they are not receiving the opportunity to kind of uh, remove one ship from the battle. They are not efficient, like completely, because they will start losing HP and you can trade basically. And they cannot trade like a lot. And if you have quite good focus on your team, it would be easier to, you know, remove half of the health from any of those clebers. And if they kind of tend to 8k HP, they can't like, you know, go for torp attack and like remove any ship. So basically, if they are not receiving this opportunity of early advantage, like, I don't know, if they can't like uh, operate this immense amount of damage within one ship, they will just lose HP and that's it. Basically, you will just alleviate them from the caps and done. It sort of sounds like, uh, if I can make a reference to like mixed martial arts, it almost sounds like uh, the Club Bears are a really explosive, powerful fighter that comes out really early with lots of initiative and lots of power. But then as the situation stabilizes, they start to gas and get tired and just start getting picked apart. Is that right? Yeah, it's correct. Excellent. Well, thank you for letting me put it in layman's terms. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break here uh, real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to have more uh, specifically competitive talk with uh, Peter from Smile. Hello and welcome back to Get to Know a World of Warships Clan, a short podcast with Bogsy and Synpax. We're joined here by the last season's Clan War Global winners, Smile, and I'm going to be referring to him from now on by his Russian name, Pavel. Thank you for being here again. Yeah, thanks again. So uh, we're going to get into more specific competitive uh, discussion here. I'm going to let Synpax uh, deal with that because right now, quite frankly, I feel like that little kid who gets to go with his dad to work and he doesn't understand anything that's being said, but he's just so excited. So Synpax, please. But you know, the dad always turns to the son and says, one day, all of this will be yours. So <laughs> Unless your son's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, or maybe your your sister. We'll have the conversation with her. So I, just, I want to review the record here. Season one, number one global champion. Season two, number six. 
Season 3, number one global champion. Season 4, number one global champion. Season 5, fifth. Season 6, number one global champion. Season 7, number two global champion. Season 8, number one global champion. And I can't say we have a role in that necessarily, but I will say that um, in the last season, the your competitor for the number one spot took a loss from us. Uh, on right towards the end, and I believe they stopped playing after that because, as you know, when you've got 400 points rating and you play a team that's substantially low, you know you gain like six or seven points on the wins, but you lose 30 on the losses. So, um, you know, we were in the we had a, a small side role to play in that. Perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong, but um, that kind of consistency doesn't happen by accident. So why don't you take us through what clan battle uh, preparations look like talk talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now in preparation for the season that's going to start in a little over a week well so basically we have like field commander that basically um, in power of decisive like completely uh, the strategy upon the battle but the development of any strategy starting from our players because we like uh, taking together, sitting like 10 to 15 people and trying to like analyze current meta, uh, which ships are can counter which basically, uh, what is the current meta for European region, what is the current meta for CIS region. So we basically trying to develop uh, the setup that will counter most like like 90% of setups, except the clubbers, because, you know, it's quite unique setup. So basically, I would say that the most like decisive moment is that we kind of involve all of our main players uh, in the process of tactic development. So basically, because, like, you know, I am primarily playing the cruisers, and I cannot, like, 100% advise our main BBs what, what is best for them. What are they supposed to play? I'm just, uh, the my side is that I kind of trying to draw the overall tactics, what I want from them to do and how I want uh, basically them to play. And they, from their side, basically pick the ships and trying to like kind of step in these tactics, trying to play what I want them to play. And uh, the most like exciting moment is that I can get uh, the experience of best players like on any class, on any, like, I don't know, ship in particular. Basically, I did not assign, like, you know, player to ship, like to one ship and he play like for the whole season. Uh, it's just kind of like, you know, everybody is involved and they could like, I don't know, uh, a bit uh, draw some changes in our lineup. So basically I would say that uh, some portion of success is dependent upon the involvement of all of your teammates because they basically you cannot play all the position like at the same time you cannot like uh, receive all the experience from any position basically you need to like kind of follow your teammates you need to develop like i would say the consistent and uh, overall tactics that would include all the players experience and their basically view on the current meta do you, so basic yeah, yeah sure yeah do you in preparation do you do you do like scrimmage are you running scrimmages now with other clans or running scrimmages inside yourself or are you just purely doing it from an analytical standpoint looking at maps and thinking about positions and what lineups will work 
I would say that the last option is works better for ours because, like, you know, the clan battles take, like, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks, and uh, there is no need to get, like, trainings with other clans. You will, like, basically train your setup and your tactics within, like, a couple of days playing just the cl random clan battles. So I would say that we just develop overall tactics and then test it within, like, real battles. What, uh... What are you? Well, you know, you never. You may theorize some things. This will. You know, we should try this. We should try this. But then, you know, you don't really know until you get that first week or so, or even beyond that of clan battles, and then through the season, what worked at the beginning doesn't work as well, and things have to shift. But what, um, in terms of ship lineup and tactics, what uh, what are you excited to try out with this very revolutionary season ahead of us? Well, uh, the introduction of CVs basically will, I, from my perspective, will kind of really shape up the meta, because CV, as we all know, just provide the, I don't know, the spot from any point of map, so it would be like unnecessary from my perspective to use DDs, because like, even though we have the introduction of those new European uh, DDs that can in, th in theory, they can counter the CVs, but like you know, that's obvious that no any like uh, DD can guarantee the like you know the good counter for CV, because like eventually you will just lose the health and CV will like lose some portion of his groups, but it's not like kind of trade that you want to have. Yeah. So I would mm, so I would say that this season would be like. If I'm not mistaken, you can just uh, have like one CV or one or two BBs. I'm not sure one it's, or two It's either BBs. you can have, well, you don't have to have a CV or a battleship, but you can have at most one battleship or one CV. So it's a choice between the two. And I mean, you're, you're right because, you know, you know, they were talking about making some changes in terms of how spotting worked. They were experimenting with it. And, it's, you know, some of these DDs, they are they have some respectable AA the new pan Europeans do but you know if the DD is doing spotting it's not just the CV's damage they have to worry about it's the CV spotting and then getting shredded by you know enemy fire whether you know regardless of um, how 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 able they are to sustain the uh, CV damage but uh, yeah it's it's either one of you know either battleship or a, a CV. But I would also say that in terms of damage, the DDs are quite, let's say, random. You can hit like one battle 10 torps and the other one you can hit zero. With the CV, you don't have such a degree of random. He will, like 100%, he will do damage. Like it might be different, but still, it's obvious that like uh, tier 10 CVs are quite good in damage dealing and the spotting so which basically make them one of the most ultimate class to like you know spot and uh, do quite good damage at the same time and the problem is that like kind of similar to me like with the clippers you cannot like kind of spread your team like you know you have one flanker i don't know like venezia or Henry. it would not just kind of be able to hold the flank against the cv he will just eventually devastate it, like, and the good CV will do it, like, within a couple of minutes, and the losing of flank is, like, kind of meaning that you lost the game. 
and the DDs are not able to provide such a degree of spot and damage like on the regular basis. It's just like more random class in, in terms of spotting and damage like compared to CVs. So I'm, I'm curious. Sorry, uh, ahead, sorry to jump in here, guys, but did I did I hear you correctly earlier when you said that you were you are you actually considering running without a destroyer? Yep. Wow. Okay. I think uh, you're gonna you know. Let me ask this question. Previous season, uh, at least in North America, that season was defined by the Clavarian. You know, and uh, what uh, what do you think? What ship, apart from the CV, of course, do you think is going to be the darling of uh, season nine? Hmm, I would say the combination of Minotaur and DM. Like a smoke minnow paired with a, radar, a DM's radar, or yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, we're, wow. as we're looking at it, our, you know, our clan's looking at it, and Shreyus are one of the, one of the counters I think to this CV madness is going to be, um, that uh, smoke. We're going to have prob potentially very strong smoke meta. Um, so obviously, you know, the players there will be Smolensk, Minnow, um, you know, uh, small, uh, potentially. Um, uh, potentially bring a DD that could just work as a smoke uh, ship, but uh, uh, so do, do you see? Do you see any alternative to a smoke meta to counter the CV? Um, you know the emergence of CVs in clan battles. Yeah, I think that the meta of like quite heavy setups, like couple of Moskvas, couple of Stalingrads would like counter the smoke and eventually the CV. Because, you know, I think that this is the mistake to believe that CVs are invincible. They are losing planes, they are losing like groups, and uh, any major mistake will result in the loss of completely whole group, which is like quite bad because you uh, reducing your potential of uh, like damage providing and spotting. And I would say that it is not possible for CV like to run into like two, three ships with a more or less adequate A and like Stalingrad having those quite good A. So you would not be able to basically farm them for free. And I believe that the basically the amount of health point that uh, is provided by the Stalingrads and Moskva would be like more or less good counter to the CV spotting and of course the CV like providing the huge damage to the opening team. Right, right. So it, at least in our internal discussions and some of the ch some of you know what I've heard um, is that there's two directions at the end of the season. You know, because it's really about getting to the end of the season because that's where all of the metas that worked at the beginning kind of fall apart, um, and one that kind of counters everything or that is able to sustain itself. Uh, uh, emerges uh, from sort of the mess of a confusion early season and on one hand you've got the smoke plays which would in some cases make it easier to get into the caps maybe be very effective against um, uh, you know uh, any kind of air attack as long as they've got like if you've got fighters spotting enemy planes coming in and you've got a couple cruisers that are uh, undetectable because of smoke they're just going to evaporate those squadrons um, where the alternative to that is these ships, you know, these 50 millimeter Russian cruisers, um, that apart from um, being having a huge hit points and um, having a 12k radar, where if they if they can get to that smoke with that radar, it's it's lights out for those cruisers. Um, 
is that because the CV is spotting, they, their sh shell ballistics have the velocity that they can, you know, a, a Des Moines max range, like 15 something K, you put range mod on, you're not hitting anything in that range. But the uh, MOSFA Stalingrad, the shell velocity allowed that something spotted at, you know, a, a pretty far range in that like 15, 16, 17, 18, they can, they'll, they can hit it and hit it reliably. Um, so at the end of the season, do you think, what do you think is going to emerge as um, dominant, a smoke meta or a uh, high ballistic uh, 12K radar Russian cruiser meta? I would say that it would be some sort of hybrid. Interesting. Because you, know, uh, you know the smokes are basically, uh, it, uh, they can be countered by the radars the first moment and the another moment is that uh well for example hakaru can just go for blind shot like within the smoke he can spam the torps and it would not be possible like to be like 100 percent protected within the smoke and you know the like most of the maps that would uh, that would be uh, within this clan battles are not so big like yeah north is quite big map but like land of fire uh, the crash zone alpha, they are not so big. And you can't just like go for free and stand like for two, three, five minutes within the smoke without being penalized for this. So it would be kind of, I believe, the hybrid, some sort of like Mino standing within the cap, uh, going for this cap, and some sort of Stalingrads and I don't know, some other cruisers like DM or maybe, I don't know, Moskva that will basically support him with the A and within the and uh, with the Raider Cup. So will Mino be the new destroyer of this season? I would say that Mino was always like kind of good alternative for being, uh, for having the DD within your basically line. What, yeah. uh, what uh, do you think is going to be the, the dominant CV? Yeah, that's going to be my question next. <laughs> yeah. It would be Hakuru, 100%. The, the AP bomber, say. Sure. Okay. Um, so I hope that uh, we uh, get the chance to have another conversation maybe after this clan battle season and see how some of these predictions line up and, and uh, what ended up emerging. Um, uh, I, I guess, we, Bogsy, are we at the, the final segment here? I believe so. Um uh pavel as you know we have a uh we have a segment that i love very much called uh poach sin packs where we're going to ask you to pitch your clan pitch smile to sin packs and to anyone else who might be listening on why they should want to join smile yeah and we're suspending reality here um as if smile would ever be interested in recruiting me <laughs> but we're, <laughs> we're putting that aside um uh, what what would you say is you know there's play there's player turnover you know you said the founder of the group sort of has stepped away and eventually you know people cycle through this game and if somebody's a super 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 deep deep purple unicom or whatever they use as the metric in russia is an extremely strong player um why should they consider playing coming to play for smile well i would say that the most dominant position is that we aimed at competitive gaming like uh, at any point we participate in all of the tournaments like except like the most minor one when we like in cis region having like three versus three which is not kind of interesting for us but we aimed at the most like highest competitive level 
we aimed at CODs, we like participated uh, at, at like all of the CODs that was introduced in CIS region. And we like kind of, I don't know how to put it right, because we basically not aimed at the like random play. We just want to have like the strongest team. We want to like having the medals and everything. We want to like sustain this level of competitive gaming and basically I would say that those players that are mainly aimed at the same goals would have quite good experience and quite good opportunity to basically join Smile and try and, like in chasing of those medals and those trophies. Basically, so I would say those who aimed at the highest level of gaming and the especially competitive gaming, well, supposed to consider us like as good alternative to maybe the current clan they are a member of. Well, well, I'm I've already I've, I'm sold. I've already dropped my TNG tags. How about you, Bob? <laughs> you transfer over to the Russia server. So the sure first are. one, the first poacher to get impacts. We have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so she just emailed me after this conversation. Yeah, we're gonna have some conversation offline. <laughs> okay. Well, look, um, really. Glad to have you with us. I'm going to just do a quick plug here. Um, in the description below uh, is a link to the North American Clan Embassy and the TNG server. Um, all are welcome. It's a great place to hang out, find divisions, talk to other clan leaders, get scrimmages, recruit new members. Um, and uh, we, you know, the, the Discord link is in the description. And uh, we're going to try to get our mailbag for this podcast up and running. Um, the email address is the new guys wows at gmail.com so the new guys w-o-w-s at gmail.com so if you have any questions or there's a clan you like featured please reach out to us i'll hand it back to boxy well thank you um and again pavel thank you so much for being here uh this has been like i feel right now i feel like i've had so much incredibly useful information piled on top of my brain that it's reminding me of uh, like Tetris, that old game Tetris, where once you think everything's going great, and then all of a sudden all these blocks start coming in, and they rapidly pile up, and then it says you lose. That's so an appropriate go... Russian reference, by the way. That is a Russian-originated yeah. game. How, I'm how going topical to... of you? I, you know, I planned it, too. Hmm. Uh, I can I'm going to go and digest all of this, because it's just fascinating. Um, so thank you again so much for being here. Um, is there anything else, uh, Pavel, you'd like to plug before we before we sign off here? No, I don't think so. I just want to say again, big thank you to like inviting us here. It's quite, I think, I, like, you know, we uh, more or less involved within the cooperation in between servers. We like to talk to other clans to share our experience, to receive their experience. It always like, you know, quite good to have a conversation in between those realms because every realm has a unique meta and unique the understanding of the gaming. Uh, like we play in win so it's kind of quite good to be here and thank you again for inviting us here it is it has truly been our pleasure and uh, looking forward to uh, signing off with you here C uh, good luck in the next season of clan wars we'll be eagerly watching you and your progress and uh, yeah I guess that's it for now so um, thank you to our guest uh, Pavel from smile thank you Synpax. And uh, this has been another episode of Get to Know a World of Warships Clan, a short podcast with Bogsy and Synpax. Looking forward to seeing you all next time. Thank you.